This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas. Together we're presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. And always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Hit us up anytime you want. Be a part of Freddie and Harry Nation on the call-in line at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who's going to survive their make-or-break year when it comes to Nick Sirianni of the Philadelphia Eagles or Mike McCarthy of the Dallas Cowboys, 888-729-3776. Harry believes it's going to be Nick the Quick. I believe it's going to be Mike from Mike in Dallas that's going to survive. We want to hear from you. We'll get your calls in about 10 minutes at 888-729-3776. Meanwhile, in the NBA, Doc Rivers is going to be the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. After 43 games, at least his contract is guaranteed when it comes to Adrian Griffin. Because right now the Milwaukee Bucks are paying two guys not to coach. Mike Boonholzer, and that's not a cheap contract. And Adrian Griffin, that's not a cheap contract. And Doc Rivers taking over Harry Douglas. That's not going to be a cheap contract as he's a D, agreed to a deal to be the Bucks head coach. I still want to know, because right now there's no answer, what exactly is he bringing to the Bucks that's going to make them better? Even though Adrian Griffin was not the guy, but he was 30-13 and 13 after 43 games. I think maturity because he's been there and done it. Right, He's coached a lot of superstars in the NBA. When you look at Adrian Griffin, that was his first head coaching job. You look at a guy like Doc Rivers, uh, he, he, we understand that the Milwaukee Bucks, they're going to have to put defense at the forefront of, of, of things. We know they can score the basketball. They have Damian Lillard. They have Giannis. They have Brooke Lopez. They have a lot of players on their basketball team that know how to put the ball in the basket. Right. But if you can't stop anyone – then you're going to have a hard time winning the NBA championship and what you were able to do for the city of Milwaukee back in 2020-2021 season. Now, the chess piece in all all of this is that I honestly believe, Freddie, this is Doc Rivers' last chance to mm-hmm. show that he's not the coach that has blown three 3-1 leads in the playoffs, even though it happened. <laughs> he's not the coach that... In 16 game sevens, only went 6-10, and 10, even though they happened. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity to right some of those wrongs because you're dealing with a superstar, well, two superstars in my opinion, and Damian Lillard and also Giannis Antetokounmpo. But I don't know if it's able to happen this season. Okay. And I, and I just don't because when I look at the Eastern Conference and how deep it is, right. It might take a full year of Doc Rivers and an offseason of him being able to implement his things and really getting the attention. Not saying he's not going to have the attention, but really getting the attention of this Milwaukee Bucks basketball team. The one thing that's in Doc Rivers' favor that right now is not in Bill Belichick's favor is that guys have seen him coach against them. When he did that to Philadelphia 76ers and a little bit before that when it comes to Los Angeles Clippers. Damian Lillard, when he played for Portland, played against the Clippers when Doc was there. Giannis with the Milwaukee Bucks was in a playoff series in which they were down two games to one and came back to beat Doc Rivers the Philadelphia 76ers. So that's the one thing that he can actually bring. You have players on that team that said, well, 
We don't know what happened to Philadelphia. We don't know what happened to the Clippers, but we believe that's not going to happen here. Whatever he's going to put out there, we can trust because other than having James Harden derail things at times in Philadelphia, he won't have to worry about that here. That is something that Doc Rivers, even though he has not coached one second, does not have to worry about walking into a locker room and guys looking at him sideways. I was watching last night the NBA and TNT Mm -hmm. after the Knicks played the Brooklyn Nets and right before the Clippers played the Los Angeles Lakers. That's the one thing that Shaquille O'Neal talked about. He says, when I play for the Miami Heat, when Stan Van Gundy says something, we're like, well, you really didn't play. Do we really trust you? When Pat Riley said something, oh, man, he played. And he coached the Lakers. He coached Magic Johnson. He coached Patrick Ewan. You were more in tune. That's something that is going to help Doc Rivers maybe kind of ease that learning curve when it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks. That when he walks in that locker room, Giannis, Damian, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton going to say, yeah, we know he had problems in Philadelphia, but we'll trust him because when it worked, we saw how it worked. When it unraveled, those things happen in the playoffs. Well, and here's another thing about the whole situation, too, because it, it, it dawned on me when you're naming these players. There's a lot of carryover from the the NBA championship team. So it's not like True. these guys don't know what the DNA is to be able to win a championship. Now, you have a new piece, and a new piece in Damian Lillard is not the on-ball defender that Drew Holiday was. And Drew Holiday really meant a lot more to this basketball team than people probably gave him credit for. Mm-hmm. I remember in the NBA Finals versus the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul, him making Chris Paul's life hail. Absolutely. I remember in the Eastern Conference Final, Drew Holiday as a guard making a Ford and John Collins life hell. <laughs> right? He can guard a lot of different positions on the basketball court, but you don't have that anymore. So it has to be more of a team setting on the defensive side of things because you don't have that lethal guard that can pick you up 94 feet. So I think what Doc Rivers is trying to figure out, okay, mm-hmm. what I can and can't do, and he probably already has because he's been an analyst for ESPN with us, one of our colleagues. Right. So it's not like he hasn't been reviewing the the Milwaukee Bucks and some of the, the, the things that they do good and the things that they do wrong. You have to in order to call games. So he probably has it in his mind and, and, and written down the things that they need to change. But how quickly can the Milwaukee Bucks – change those things and do it at a high level is my is my question. Well, Danny Green, who played for Doc Rivers, by the way, he's a three-time NBA champion. They were able to win a championship together. When he's on Carlin versus Joe, he said, this was the right move by the Bucks. If you're going to move on from Adrian Griffin at the 43 games, you had no choice but to bring in Doc Rivers to take over things with this organization. He'll challenge them, so he will be able to say change things or right the ship, but he'll definitely maintain it. In midseason to trades or changes or coaching changes is kind of crazy, and you know it's hard to say how people will adapt and adjust. But in this sense, you just hope that he can maintain the ship or get it a little bit better. Uh, I said I don't know what the expectation is for him, but it's, it's just as long as he doesn't lose the locker room. I think they're a step ahead of where they were, you know, a couple weeks ago. By the way, Carlin versus Joe, Monday through Friday, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio. That's with Danny Green, the show he was on, talking about that's what he's going to bring. No matter what, Harry, this better work sooner than later. Giannis signed a three-year, $186 million contract extension. If it's not going to work or if it's not trending the right way, Giannis will play those three years, but that'll be the last contract that he'll have that the Milwaukee Bucks will see him play for that basketball team. Because if it doesn't work, 
If Giannis even said, I want to make sure that everybody is in to win a championship. If we're going to sacrifice time away from our families, then this better work for a championship. If it's trending downward and continues downward, where he looks at the scenario, looks at the landscape and says, this is not trending right to a championship, this will be the last contract that Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to want to get from the Milwaukee Bucks. So you're telling me that Giannis, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, remember that Indiana Pacers game when he, he had a ton of points and he wanted that basketball? You see how fast he ran after, that, after them boys Man, like for the Pacers? Hair, like his hair was on fire. That's how he's going to try to get out of there? <laughs> Maybe he, even faster Gian, than that. Giannis, Giannis say, <laughs> me getting out is the basketball I'm trying to recover. <laughs> if anything, they should have that same energy getting back on defense. 100%. Because they weren't doing any of that. They can try to place all the blame on Adrian Griffin because that's what I've read. All the blame why they were disconnected, not prepared properly, not coached properly, not knowing what they were supposed to do. It had a common name. Not Oscar Meyer, but Adrian Griffin. So now you moved on from him. And you believe that Doc Rivers is going to hold you accountable? All right, well, be about it. If Adrian Griffin was the problem, then, then Doc Rivers is the solution, then you better act like it. Yep. If you're Giannis, if you're Damian, and everybody else. Because everybody put that blame over there on a the guy that had him, had him at a 30-13 and 13 record, even though it didn't look right. 30 games is hard to win in the NBA in 43 games. And somehow, some way, they were able to do that. So if that was a problem then it better be better going forward and soon because you don't have time to waste in Milwaukee. What what do you think it would have looked like, though, if they were better defensively? They have the best record in the NBA right now. They were probably 36-7. and seven. They, they have the best record in the NBA. Mm-hmm. If it so, looked like that, so, yeah. so that's another thing because that's the context I want people to look at it in, too, though. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, the Milwaukee Bucks have been good up until this point. Right. But what could it be if the commitments on the defensive side of the ball, what could it be if the coaches overemphasizing defense and putting them in the right positions to be successful as players too? Well, we know what it did not look like. We can't wait to see what it's going to look like with Adrian Griffin out and Doc Rivers in as Bucks head coach. Or as I like to say, we'll see. We'll see. He's Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. NBA action on Saturday night, part of a triple header on the TV side, but on the radio side, a rematch between Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. The first time they got together, Joel Embiid, 41 points and 17 rebounds. These two, the two best players in the NBA, will have at it again. Nuggets hosting the Sixers in Denver, presented by Indeed. Cards begins at 5 p.m. Eastern time, so be there on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Eagles have not just been beat. They have been taken apart. They have been just brought to the knees by the Tampa Bay Bucks. We were just a little out of sync, obviously. That's always going to start with me. Wasn't good enough. Obviously, we're not putting them in good enough positions. Wait until you hear in a couple of minutes, give or take a second or two, on somebody who was at the press conference today with Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni and the general manager Harry Roseman and said it was the worst press conference they have ever heard. That comes you in a couple of minutes. But about that press conference that finally happened, Nick Sirianni, as a head coach, said it's about bringing in new ideas. Howie Rosen, general manager, after you hear from Nick Sirianni, will say it's kind of hard to find somebody like Nick Sirianni. It's now about bringing in fresh ideas, some different thoughts than what a lot of the guys, you know, sometimes when you're with a group of guys, like we've been together for three years, that group of guys. But in addition to that, it was a couple of the other guys that I've been with for multiple years as well. And so we just wanted to bring in some fresh ideas, and and, uh, and that's where we are with that. 
Every conversation that we're having is about how we can move forward together. And I think the important thing for us to look at is before the stretch, which was a, you know, a difficult stretch, we were 26-5 and five over the last 31 games. That is hard to do in the National Football League. That is hard to find a head coach in this league who has that record of success. I think we were 33-11 and 11 up until that point with Nick. We made the playoffs three straight years again. Not okay finishing 1-6. and six. I'm not sitting up here saying that but it is hard to find somebody who can do those sort of things kind of a backhanded compliment from high roseman the general manager of the eagles at the knicks area and he said about bringing in new ideas as head coach and fos friend of the show is john kincaid does mornings on 97.5 the fanatic in philadelphia he said and i quote freddie that was the worst press conference i've ever heard in pro sports in my entire career a textbook case of errors in messaging and leadership I'm floored that it took the Eagles eight full days to prepare, and that was the deliverable. Just atrocious from a native Philadelphian when it comes to John Kincaid, the morning show host on ESPN Radio, 97.5 The Fanatic in that great city of Philadelphia. And here I was trying to give them credit yesterday, saying that they took so long because they wanted to get their ducks lined up in a row and not send multiple messages. Uh huh. One band, one sound. Drumline. <laughs> We loved you, Dr. Lee. (laughs) (laughs) And no, Georgia Tech does not have enough black people. (laughs) Just Google the movie for that. Fight of the Bumblebee. (laughs) Next thing you know, J. Anthony Brown. Eh, 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 eh. That's what John Kincaid was saying. Basically, he was J. Anthony Brown in the band across. Meanwhile, the Eagles like, fly the Bumblebee. And it was not landing well. And I wonder how much of that didn't land well with the citizens in that city thinking, man, so we had this collapse, and that's the best you guys could come up with eight days after the season was over, and we didn't hear anything from you, the head coach, and you, the general manager, and everybody in that organization about what happened and what you're going to do to fix it going forward in 2024. I mean, I think it's clear-cut and, you know, and out there. What, what needs to be fixed, they need to be better, number one, that's – that's the proof in the pudding. Number two, I think when you look at the coordinator positions, it, it has to be better, right? Right. Y- your job as a head coach and coordinators is to put your players in the best situations possible so your guys can have success, right? Top to bottom. Okay. If you have a receiver that can't really win one on one, it's your job to send that joker in motion, mm-hmm. line him up in a stack alignment so he can't be pressed, right? And figure out ways for him to get open. If you have a defensive back, in, 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 in which they have multiples, uh, that, that can't guard in man coverage, you don't put them in man coverage majority of the time. If you have a defensive outside linebacker or a, or a DN that rushed the passer very effectively and you have 70 sacks and lead the league in the previous year, mm-hmm. you don't drop them back in coverage yeah. a ton of times. Yeah. Yeah. Football's not hard. Sometimes coaches make it harder than what it actually is. Well, that was the completely the case of the collapse of the Philadelphia Eagles in 2023. But despite that, in a make-or-break year for Nick Sirianni, Harry Douglas believes he'll survive that year more than Mike McCarthy will survive his make-or-break year in Dallas. I'm on the other side of that. You talking about the Super Bowl contending Cowboys? All right, no. that's, that's enough out of you. No, you talking about Super Bowl contending Cowboys. That'll be fine, Mr. Douglas. Ain't been to that, a damn NFC Championship game since January 96. Oh, no, they've been there as patrons, <laughs> Harry, but not as a team, <laughs> not as players. Hey, Harry, what were you in January 96? A little boy. <laughs> we're never going to get rid of little that. Little boy. Now. They ain't been to, to an NFC Championship game since I was a little boy. 
I wonder what Harry Douglas's school pictures look like when he was a little boy. You know he had like the hat on, had his tongue sticking out. Mm, I guarantee you that was his school picture. <laughs> Freddie, do you realize uh-huh. that the Falcons, I know. the Giants, uh-huh. and the Jets mm-hmm. have been to a, champ- a conference championship game? Twice. Be- Each. Before- oh, I thought you were going to say Super Bowl. My bad, Harry. So, like, when you laid it out there, but I thought. Oh, you know what? Easy there, Mr. Well, Big Blue history. Well, the Jets haven't been to a Super Bowl. I, I understand that, but at not, least they've been to two conference not, championship games that the Cowboys got. Not since three, they've, been to three, they've been to three. The Jets, as sad sack of an organization, they've been at times. They've been to three conference championship games since the last time the Cowboys got there. And y'all had every y'all want me to sit up here and believe that the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. are Super Bowl contenders year in and year out. I don't tell you that. It's those other Cowboys fans and uh, Jerry Jones who still believes that he has that kind of team that can do that sort of thing. They lost to a team in the Green Bay Packers who don't, probably drinking Simbalac and breast milk still. Don't, don't Youngest team in the NFL. Don't they just lost to. Don't remind me. Triple eight say ESPN 888-729-3776. Who survives that make or break year? With something the Cowboys have not done since Harry Dell's a little boy. Is it Mike McCarthy in Dallas or Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia? I think it's Mike McCarthy. Harry thinks it's Nick Sirianni. One of our favorites is Wolf in Virginia. Wolf, who is it going to be surviving this make or break year between Sirianni and McCarthy in the NFC East? Sirianni steak. Yeah. You know, you know, before you greet me respectfully, I just realized. You have an elite congregation, which excludes me. You mentioned Dave DeTruckman. You mentioned Kelly from Mississippi. You mentioned Unique from New Jersey. Like I wasn't I, even on the bottom of that totem pole. Like I said, Wolf, charge it to my head and not to my heart, my friend. You know you got us, brother. No, I, I, we got I want you. you to send me a T-shirt. A friend of <laughs> We're working on that, by the way. We're working on that. <laughs> I, I, hey, I got a man. I know a guy. Anyway, we can make them for you. What I wanted to say was Nick Sirianni is going to improve one thing, and that is defensive position coach. Those coordinators is what they need to patch that team up. Real simple. Otherwise, Rose Munn, I call him Rose Bud, because you got to nip it at the bud, <laughs> may be in jeopardy. But Sirianni survived. I love that. <laughs> and and I, listen, I, I believe him, man. We're, we're talking about mm-hmm. you know a team just the previous year, and – Losing their coordinators was a big thing for them. It was bigger than I actually thought it was going to be. So did I. Um, I was wrong in those regards because when you lose six out of the last seven and you you view the games and you watch the all 22 copies and you just say to yourself, man, they got guys all out of position. And I, I didn't understand what the identity was. Yeah, neither did they. For the and offense that was a problem, defense. yes. And neither did they because Nick Sirianni towards the end of the year said, if I had the answers to these questions – we wouldn't be sitting here. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, that is something you cannot say when people are waiting because you're the head coach. Everybody that's, is supposed to follow like your saying, lead. That's like saying you're on first 48 and they're and they in there asking you these questions <laughs> and, and, and you ask for that cigarette. You know, as soon as they ask for that cigarette, they telling everything. Mm-hmm, yeah. They say, really, you can't go up there and incriminate yourself. And say you you don't have the answers. Yeah. That's your yeah. job. that's what you get paid to do right. well, to have he, the answers. At least he was transparent he in was. saying that I don't have any idea what's going on right now. When keeping it real goes wrong. It completely went wrong. Hey, we got this cigarette for you. Yeah, let me get one. We already know what's coming after they get that cigarette on first forty eight. <laughs> 
They yeah. finna tell everything. For, for, for those who don't know, explain the first 48. Because yeah, I love that show. First 48, man, it's a crime show. Uh, you got 48 hours to try to figure out if you can solve the crime. When they bring them people in that handcuff, they sit uh-huh. them down in that little room, that interrogation room. Absolutely. And, and, and they offer them a cigarette. If they take that cigarette, yeah. it's over. Because that's the ultimate of when oh. keeping it real goes wrong. And they're, and they're in there and they got their hands inside their shirt because oh, it's yeah. cold in there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah. and, and then they put their head down, too, because they haven't waiting there forever. <laughs> yeah, but, but then when yeah. they ask them questions, uh-huh. they give you a... <sighs> yeah. They about to tell everything. <laughs> exactly. Or if they don't give it to you, then you know it's going to be... Every day, more lies. That's what it's going to be as far as that goes. If they don't breathe heavy, they're about to tell that lie. When they start breathing heavy, they know that things and the jig is up as far as that goes. Great stuff by Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. The Eagles and the Cowboys thought they were going to be here on Sunday, but they're not. They're here talking about the NFC Championship game. The Detroit Lions are one game away from going someplace that they've never been. That's a Super Bowl. If that happens... What would that do for their quarterback in Jared Goff? This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. It is the Wednesday Groovathon known as Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on the ESPN app. Sirius so X and Channel 8 and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. If you could have seen this room the minute that dude jumped off. <laughs> Love Friday. If you could have seen this room between me Harry, Shannon, Ben, and Devin Kane, our producers. It's like all of a sudden it went from a show to a party breaking out. Let's just talk about life, baby. (laughs) Insert the word where you want (laughs) to. Oh, my God. We're going to hell on scholarship. There's no doubt about that. But plenty of people are wondering what kind of scholarship is going to be there for Purdy and Brock Purdy on Sunday when his San Francisco 49ers at home will take on the Detroit Lions. One advantage the 49ers will have has nothing to do about game planning against the Lions. I'm going to give you that information in about a couple of seconds. But Dan Campbell, the Lions head coach, it's all about how much can we put on Mr. Purdy 
Brock Purdy, no pause, please. You got to stop the run because if you don't, they, they'll they'll rush for two fifty on you, and then they won't even worry about passing. Um, it, it, everything has to start there, and yes, they are. That that's look. Shanahan does an unbelievable job of he's he's going to work one side and make you overreact, and then he counters off of it, and then he play passes off of it. And Purdy does a hell of a job. You know, they throw a lot of daggers middle of the field, and he does a hell of a job with touch, timing, rhythm. Uh, but we have to stop this run game. It, it just has to start there. You, you, as much as you can, you have to try to make this team one-dimensional, and that's not easy to do. He essentially said, we know how good Brock Purdy is. He's not going to be the same if they are two-fisted. We're going to make them one-fisted when it comes to stopping. <laughs> stop. I knew you were going to do that. As soon as I had it in my head, I said, I said, I was just, I should just stop it right here before the juvenile factor shows up again from Harry Dunks. But he let it be known. Brock Purdy, you are going to have to beat us. You are not going to have help or you're not going to have help your running game on Sunday versus us in Detroit. Well, whether it's one fist or two fists. Stop. Uh, I'll, <laughs> pass. stop. <laughs> uh, I'll pass. What? I'll pass. But no, what he's saying is 100% correct. Um, the baseline, when you look at Kyle Shanahan and you go back to his father, Mike Shanahan, everything right. is comes off the run. You look at those days you know, uh, up in Denver with Terrell Davis and John Elway, mm-hmm. right, and how they ran the outside zone and did it to perfection. And you want to have a running back that can make one cut and get downhill, and then everything is up in the air from that point. We've seen Christian McCaffrey uh, make make – you know, safeties and missing in the foxhole, right? right? And then he's off to the races or whatnot. If you do not stop the run and the San Francisco 49ers are balanced, and we've seen this a few years ago versus the Green Bay Packers when they rushed for a ton of yards and and Jimmy Garoppolo barely even threw passes. So what Dan Campbell is saying is he's talking about film that he's reviewed over the last few years, Mm -hmm. right? Not just this season. That's the DNA of Kyle Shanahan. Once those guys have you in the run game, they don't have to throw the football. Now, they may throw it every so often, but once they grab you by the neck mm-hmm. and stomp you down <laughs> and take advantage of you, uh-huh. it, it's basically a wrap from there. Well, and yeah. and, and the, everything they do pass game-wise comes off of that. If you can make them one-dimensional, you have a better chance, but also you can't diminish the fact that the secondary of the, of the Detroit Lions Absolutely. aren't that good either. Well, he's basically saying we can help out our secondary by making sure we don't put them out there in press coverage and one-on-one coverage, mm-hmm. where we don't have to commit to a blitz. Commit to a run blitz is one thing. And I also think a big, a big reason why he put that out there about making sure that Purdy, Brock Purdy, has to beat Detroit because he knows that Debo Samuel's 50-50. And even if he's out there, it's not going to be the same Debo Samuel that we've seen where that guy literally took over that football game against the Philadelphia Eagles that, that Sunday, where he came out there, had the all-black on, had the boom box, he and Trent Williams, and then he went out there and, as you like to say, SOB, stood on business mm-hmm. and put that business on the Philadelphia Eagles. Whatever he's going to look like is not going to be the same Debo Samuel that we're used to seeing. That means Dan Campbell is counting on, hey, Brock Purdy, you got to get it to other people. You got to get it to Brandon Ayuk. You got to get it to George Kittle. George Kittle, excuse me, because your main guy, your attitude guy, may not have the ability to bring that ability and that attitude that that offense feeds off of. It predicates itself off of, and is able to take that and run away or run at teams doing whatever they want. That attitude not being there could be a big reason why Dan Campbell's like, look, he won't have that guy setting the tone. 
we got to make him go elsewhere and not let the running game help him or him, it meaning Brock Purdy helping the running game. But that's why for San Francisco, the run game is so imperative and, it, and it's important for them to have success. And, and I still believe this. This is a game to me that smells Cal Juszczyk. Mm-hmm. And okay. his ability to be able to catch a screen pass at the tight end position, you know, make it seem like he's blocking and next thing you know, he's on a rail route down the sideline like we've seen uh, Musgrave for the Green Bay Packers. Let's not forget, this is the same type of offense now. So when the run game is, is, is getting going, a lot of things come off that run game for the San Francisco 49ers. So if Kyle Juszczyk can be another factor in this ball game, if you're not going to have a Debo Samuel, I think that's beneficial for the San Francisco 49ers. And the Detroit Lions got to make sure they keep that in the back of their minds too because we haven't talked about Kyle Juszczyk in a while, right? This just smells a game that he's going to have a big play okay. in this matchup to me. Okay, Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together, and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio, but then you have the other quarterback when it comes to Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. He's been in the Super Bowl. Didn't play well when he got there, but he's been there with the Los Angeles Rams. So that kind of experience, Dan Campbell is glad that he has that on his side and not trying to defense it when it's not there on the other side. I think it does help uh, at the quarterback position to understand what what you're in. Um, You know, the stakes go up and, uh, you know, to to be able to have, have been here before. I think is big. He's played plenty of football. Um, he's been in uh, plenty of big games, uh, different atmospheres. He's played at this place before. So, yeah, that look, that only helps. Jared Goff has been white hot in this playoff. And I said it before the playoffs got started. I believe there were two quarterbacks that if you took away their running game, they're not the same quarterback. We saw that with Tua Tungabailoa, the Miami Dolphins. The, the Kansas City Chiefs said, we don't care how cold it is. We know you don't want to be out here. And the best way to prove that, we're not going to let you run the football. We're going to take away that running game. And Tua Tungabailoa looked at shell of himself at quarterback. Jack Goff was the other one I said in the Detroit Lions. 568 yards, no interceptions, five touchdowns in two games. And when they had to have it, that pass he threw to Amon Ross St. Brown to clinch that game versus the Los Angeles Rams. And then the entire second half. 11 to 12, a buck 31 and a touchdown against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that blitz. Jared Goff has been that, he's been that him when nobody thought that was going to be the case because it's so run heavy, run oriented, and a lot of this stuff comes out of that play action. When it wasn't there, Jared Goff has delivered for the Detroit Lions in their first two playoff games. News flash for Detroit Lions fans. If Jared Goff isn't protected, you will not win this football game. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because Jonah Jackson is injured. You have Frank Ragnall, who's the center, who's a little banged up. He's really good. And when we seen the Detroit Lions not be themselves this season, it was part of it was because of the lack of protection that we've seen that offensive line provide for Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. And if you can't protect him, it's going to be hard to run. As well, if you're banged up and guys can't get to, to the second level and get to certain spots they want to get to in the run game as well. Right. So I, so I think that's important for the Detroit Lions. How well are they going to protect, you know, Jared Goff at the quarterback position? Because when you look at San Francisco, I mean, let's not forget who they have on their defensive line. Yeah, you have a Chase Young, a Eric Armstead, a Javon Hargrave, a Nick Bosa, and you have a Sebastian Joseph Day, a Javon Kinlaw, rather Randy Gregory, those guys as backups. Mm-hmm. They're going to be hunting, especially if they they understand that certain guys are injured on the offensive line. The How Jared Goff is protected in this game 
and how the line of scrimmage is moved by the Detroit Lions, I believe it's going to to allow them to mm-hmm. win or lose this ballgame. Well, one thing that's going to be a factor that has nothing to do with both of these teams will be the weather. Not that it's going to be 74 degrees and brilliant sunshine. The Lions are not the same team outdoors as they are indoors. During the season indoors, the offense averaged over 30 points per game, 30.75. Outdoors, not even 18 points a game. Wow. 17.8. I never thought I would say that a Midwest team is an indoor team, but they play indoors. They played 10 indoor games this year, averaged over 30 points per game. The other games played outdoors, 17.8. Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. <laughs> that is a very significant drop off. Yeah, it's one thing it was like 30 and then 24 or like 27 and 21. Man. Close to 13 point difference between indoor and outdoor with the Detroit Lions and that offense. Just something to keep an eye on when they play in San Francisco, even though it's going to feel like an indoor temperature at 74 degrees and sunshine. And they played, on Sunday. they played at Green Bay, they played at Kansas City, at mm-hmm. Tampa, at Baltimore. Mm hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm talking about outdoor wise mm-hmm. uh-huh. at Chicago. At Chicago, yep. Mm-hmm. Oof, mm-hmm. yeah, Man. yeah. You can see Dallas is kind of an outdoor stadium. They kind of cover it, but it's kind of half and half. You talking about that team that haven't been to a NFC Championship game? That since? same one, not since 1996, when you were a little boy. That that team, just a little boy, just a little boy. Tune in to ESPN Radio <laughs> on Sunday. Tune in to ESPN Radio on Saturday. They're going to get you ready, meaning here of a conference championship Sunday in the NFL. They got playoff preview with the pros. It starts at 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. With a little boy known as Harry Douglas. I'm the other little boy, Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us with Freddie Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. On the AFC side, we finally get a match that we've been dying for in the playoffs for the first time. Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens versus Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That game in Baltimore, 3 o'clock Eastern time on the same day. The 49ers play the Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship game. We know Lamar can't wait to play this game, but how much pressure is he really under to take down the big bad wolf known as Patrick Mahomes? This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. It is the Wednesday Groovathon known as Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Also tune in and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We got Conference Championship Sunday happening. First game, the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. And then the second game, San Francisco 49ers trying to finally break through. They've been here for the last five years, have not been able to get to that Super Bowl. They're trying to do that. Keep the Detroit Lions from going to their first Super Bowl ever. First championship game for the Detroit Lions since 1991. But plenty of news outside of the football field, as usual. Jim Harbaugh having a second interview with the Los Angeles Chargers. He is still in Los Angeles as we speak. Mike Vrabel just had a meeting with the Los Angeles Chargers. He had a visit to the Atlanta Falcons as well. And, Harry, he's going to fly to Charlotte for a meeting with the Carolina Panthers on Thursday. Yeah, I believe Coach Vrabel is a phenomenal coach. Um, I got to witness it a lot because I played for the Tennessee Titans for three years and my ties to that organization. And his players take on his personality. Absolutely. And the way they play the game of football mm-hmm. is Mike Vrabel's personality. Yeah, no doubt about and that. And I just think he's going to have an opportunity to do some great things wherever he lands in the coaching rankings. Uh, whenever you can build Belichick, build Belichick during a football game and have success as well versus the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. 
you're going to be on someone's team coaching. No doubt about that. Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes playing in a sixth straight time in a conference championship situation. The AFC, let's bring in Lewis Riddick, played in the NFL, was administrator in the NFL, now does a great job as an ESPN football analyst. Hit him on Twitter, L Riddick ESPN. Lewis, we're finally getting out. Kobe versus LeBron. We never got in the NBA when it turns to the finals. Kobe Bryant versus LeBron James. I believe we're getting it this weekend. Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens playing Patrick Mahomes for the first time in the playoffs and in a championship game when Kansas City visits Baltimore. In your opinion, how much pressure really is on Lamar Jackson to win this game, what I believe is the biggest game in his NFL career to this point? Yeah, it's all the pressure's on him. Because, one, for to get Baltimore over the hump, with him being the quarterback, you know, on a, on a bigger picture uh, scale, to get them to the Super Bowl and to win it, obviously takes Baltimore and puts them into a whole different category. Especially when you're talking about the present time, although they've been world champions before. I think for Bal- for Lamar individually, everyone knows that the only thing that will get the naysayers off his back once and for all, all the people who said switch the running back, all the people who still to this day, even if he does win a Super Bowl. Uh, they won't give him the full credit. He needs this in order to shut some of those people up. So really, it, it this is his best chance, his best shot, the best team he's had, the best group of coaches. It's all on him. Lewis, when you look at this game and the matchups across the board between the two teams, what's the one that's really catching your attention between the Ravens and the Chiefs? Um, I would probably say, look, look – when you look at Kansas City's offensive line and their offensive, the way their offense is constructed now, Harry, I mean, it's they're going up against the best defense, maybe, you know, top two defense in the NFL that is strong at all three levels. We'll see how healthy Kansas City's offensive line is because they need the run game. They need to be able to move the rock and not have it just become a drop-back game for Patrick. So he doesn't have the weapons on the perimeter for, in order for it to be a drop-back game, no matter how good he is. The run game needs to complement the pass game for him to really go off and do what Patrick does. So is Joe Tooney going to be healthy in this football game? Um, because him and Creed Humphrey, they really do. And Trey Smith, the right guard. So I mean, Joe's the left guard, Creed's the center, Trey's the right guard. Those three really set the tone for this offense up front and get that push that they need. If Creed, in, if, if, I mean, if Joe's not there, but some of the monsters, and you see how Justin Matabike has played this year for, oh, yeah. for Baltimore. He's oh, been yeah. lights out, absolutely lights out. If they wreck everything from inside out, it's going to be a long day for Patrick. We saw how that turned out for him in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago when his offensive line was beat up against Tampa. Lewis Riddick, ESPN football analyst. Always great when he stops by and Freddie and Harry and ESPN radio. Speaking of the run game and how that's helped Kansas City, we know that's a staple of the Baltimore Ravens. On the NFC side, Lions head coach Dan Campbell said, you know what, we have to make Brock Purdy beat us. We got to get after the run, stop the run, and make him win this game. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that that's what they need to do. Because, again, if it's complimenting football for them and – you know, you have your your linebacker group for Detroit having to sit there and go, is he handing it off? Is he not? And then they're not getting the you know the requisite depth in their pass drops. And then there's those holes between the second and third level where Jared. Go- I mean, I'm sorry. That's where Brock Purdy really likes to live on those in breaking breaking routes to to George, to Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. You, you see, he throws them almost blind. Yes. I mean, because he, he he expects it to be there, and the reason why it's there. Is because the play action is working. 
if it's not working because the linebackers are saying, hey, look, man, we'll handle Christian. We'll handle Christian with our front four. We're going to play with more depth. And then you have to make Brock hold the ball. Then look out. So I'll tell you what, Aiden Hutchinson coming off the defensive left side against San Francisco's right tackle, a guy named Colton McKivitz, that's the matchup to watch. If they can make San Francisco one-dimensional, that's the matchup to watch because that could turn the tide of this football game with one play, one strip sack, one thing, something like that, and you know Aiden's up for it. You know he can do it. So, yeah, I can see exactly why Dan Campbell says if we can make them one-dimensional, look out. Yeah, and Aiden Hutchinson, whether you're a right tackle, left tackle, left guard, right guard, or center, he's been worrying out people in his first two years yeah, in the National Football League. Man, we're all excited for Championship Sunday and getting us ready for that. Lewis Riddick, ESPN football analyst. Hit him on Twitter at L Riddick ESPN. Joining us here on Freddie and Harry. Always good to talk to you, sweet Lou. Enjoy Championship Weekend. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and you, you mentioned that too, Harry, about Aiden Hutchinson against that right tackle because, believe me, he may need a lot of help with that dude coming off the left side of the defense against the right side of the offensive line. Yeah, and it's simple for me, Kyle Shanahan. That's that's your, that's part of your job, right, as the offensive play caller, making sure you don't have that young man in a situation where uh, we seen last year in the NFC Championship game where Brock Purdy got knocked out the game. Yeah, and, and when that happened, everything just went completely, completely downhill when it came to the – San Francisco 49ers trying to find their way to have a chance to get to a Super Bowl. But in the AFC Championship game, we're getting that Kobe-LeBron matchup. Lamar on one side, Patrick on the other side. Find out what they said about each other next on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.